Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Why do you care at all that matches are getting fixed? Why does it matter? Because I love it. I love sport. I love sport. I like the competition. What are the consequences of not doing anything? It's, it's the end of the sport. Because the second that fans believe that none of it's legitimate, yeah. you lose everything else. Everything. Andreas Kronich is a special kind of sleuth. And I went all of the way to London to talk to him for today's show. Andreas investigates scammers who rig some of the sports matches you watch on TV. And here's something you should know. Match fixing is everywhere. It's in soccer. It's in basketball. It's even in tennis. So I hopped on a plane to learn more about it. It's a beautiful March morning, and I'm on a side street in London's financial district, not too far from St. Paul's and Bloomberg's headquarters. And uh, I'm at Sport Radar, a Swiss company that specializes in tracking corruption in sport and match fixing in sports due to the growth of gambling. And I'm going to go into today and meet with some of their senior executives. And one of the things I'm, I'm very curious to learn today is the extent to which the gambling boom is causing more games to be fixed, more athletes to get bribed, more coaches and referees to get bribed in order to corrupt the outcome of games. Welcome to Crash Course, a podcast about business, political, and social disruption, and what we can learn from it. I'm Tim O'Brien. In the last episode, I looked at how digital gambling has revolutionized the sports world. This installment is the second of three episodes about the past, present, and future of the multi-billion dollar sports betting boom and its impact on games, fans, and society. And here's something I worry about. When there's billions of dollars on the line, how likely is it that your favorite sport is going to get corrupted? So for this crash course, sports gambling, versus match fixing. Gamblers and criminals have been trying to rig games since, like, the Olympics first began. It still goes on all the time if you look for it. I decided to look for it, which brought me to Sport Radar's London offices. They have an amazing team there that scouts the entire planet for potential fixes. I envision Sport Radar looking like a NASA control room, just one populated by street-smart gambling experts. I thought we'd have a soccer game up on the big screen in London, and then, at some point, an analyst would leap up, point at something, and say, look, there, it's fixed. Andreas was quick to tell me that wasn't exactly how they did things. If we detect a match to be manipulated for betting purposes, we don't watch the match. We watch the odds. Yeah, and the odds, they do not lie. And to prove this, he took me on a tour. Where we are now, this is, uh, how, do you, how do you call it? This is the machine Is this room. the control room, the brain this trust? Is, yeah, exactly. So this is fraud detection central. This is the fraud detection system. Absolutely. And, and we also have some uh, investigators also working side by side with the analysts. And the investigators are doing human intelligence gathering. It's to find, to identify 10 
grains of sand in the desert and contextualize it. And this is done with hardware and software and with guys which are extremely good to find all publicly available digital information. And the room I'm looking at right now, this could be a computer gaming room if it wasn't a sports analyst room, right? Yeah. It's, it's a bunch of guys in t-shirts who look like gamers. Andreas and I are standing in a large conference room stocked with about three dozen computers and wall-mounted flat panels showing sports matches. Amid a sea of data jockeys, Andreas looks like a wiry version of Woody Harrelson. He's really animated and energetic. And he oversees a group of former intelligence operatives, police detectives, journalists, and computer geeks that track 500,000 sporting matches a year worldwide. They're looking for fraud, and they start with the numbers by examining unusual and often suspicious shifts in betting lines. I come from the world of sport, so I understand what such a scandal, a match-fixing scandal or incident, means to sport. It has very severe consequences for the individuals involved, because if the allegation is out, they destroy you. Because of the sensitivity of their work, Sport Radar asked me not to name the teams or countries in the pending investigations or games we were looking at. Still, they showed me a lot, including live games producing enough anomalies to make them suspicious. A senior manager named Adam Francis was one of my tour guides. He was young, looked like he belonged in Silicon Valley. We sat down in front of his laptop. Like Wall Street regulators following stock moves that smell of insider trading, the Sport Radar crew believes that wacky odds on a game may prove there's a scam. Adam explained how it works. Right now, we're looking at the screen that our analysts will look at every day. And what we can see here is a display of matches that are being played today, either ones that have finished already, ones that are currently in play or will be played later today. Globally? Globally, across all sports. And specifically, what this screen is showing is all the matches that the fraud detection system has highlighted as already having a significant betting movement. Significant betting movement before a game starts doesn't necessarily mean there's something fishy going on here. Sport Radar calculates its own benchmark before a match begins, what it calls expected odds or calculated odds. And then it monitors how bookies' odds worldwide shift against that standard. That's based on a wealth of historical data and in any given minute of the match can tell us exactly what the odds should be in a normal match. When bookies' odds vary dramatically from Sport Radar's expected odds, trouble might be brewing. Or maybe not. For example, Adam says COVID-19 could leave star players benched at the last minute. That, of course, would also change odds. Injuries and bad weather can also play roles. Still, an alert is an alert, and the sport radar sleuths examine them. When they see that there is a match that has an alert, even from one bookmaker, they will look into these alerts. They'll do it for every single match where an alert is generated, and they will try to find the reason why that betting movement has occurred. But it's usually during a game, not before, when evidence of match-fixing surfaces. That means a lot of gamblers will bet on something happening in the game while the game is already going on. Live bets have bigger payoffs. As Adam watches the game, he'll keep an eye on two lines tracking two different sets of numbers. One line shows the bookmaker's odds throughout the game, what the bets are saying the outcome of the game should be. The other line 
shows Sport Radar's expected odds, what Sport Radar thinks the outcome should be. We're seeing each minute of the match. We've got the scoreline of the match. In the graph you're showing me right now for the first uh, 55 minutes, well, actually, maybe to, to the end up half until halftime, right? Up until yeah. halftime, the uh, bookmaker's odds and the actual gambling odds are fairly consistent. Exactly that. They're, they're tracking very, very closely, and this is what we see in the vast majority of matches. And then, like an earthquake, something happens. Exactly that. We start to see a small deviation from the calculated levels just after half time. By the latter stage of the match, the end of regulation time. <laughs> By the 88th minute in this case, right? Yeah, about many of the minutes around that as well. Yes. Um, the difference between those bookmaker odds and the calculated odds are enormous. At this point, the bookmaker's odds are at 1.72 here in the 88th minute, and the calculated odds are at 4.90. That's a huge difference. Adam thinks the home team decided at halftime to toss the match as part of a fix, since that's when the odds started to change. But now, Sport Radar has to investigate it, and the clock is ticking. We can't rush these things because the right decision is important, but at the same time, we, we know that we need to work quickly in these cases because uh, it can't be a week or two later that we're telling the Federation about a, a suspicious match. Adam told me he's bowled over by the amount of match-fixing he sees every day. Sport Radar has access to a vast amount of information. It examines 7 million individual anonymized bets daily. It can scan odds posted by 600 different bookmakers. They've gotten very good at sniffing out problems. Here's Andreas. We never had one case, which is what, what you can call a false positive, in the last 17 years. We never had one false positive. No false positives. In other words, they've never gotten it wrong. And they look at a lot of different stuff. I think we in SportRadar, we provide over 60 different sports. Some of them where I even cannot pronounce the name correctly. <laughs> Kabaddi. Have you heard about Kabaddi? No, I've not. You should. It's prominent here already in the UK on the TV. Kabaddi, I later learned, is a very intense version of tag. Millions of people are watching it and betting on it. They're also betting on soccer, football, basketball, cricket, you name it. They're betting on snooker, ping pong, volleyball. And those are just the games. You can also bet on a dizzying variety of moments within games, too the coin toss, the number of penalties or injuries, the color of Gatorade dumped on the coach when the game ends, and on and on. Most games are clean, especially in leagues where athletes are well-paid. Athletes play to win, refs make fair calls, coaches act strategically. Outcomes are anyone's guess. Gamblers can make informed decisions, but nothing is a sure thing. Unless fixers try to make it a sure thing by luring refs, athletes, and anyone else in need of a little extra money. Sport Radar said it identified 903 suspicious matches across 10 sports in 76 countries in 2021. Andrea says that's just the tip of the iceberg. The real numbers are definitely higher because we have this super cautious approach that we only name or list a match to be manipulated for betting purposes if we are 110% sure. So if you add the borderline cases that we had, we can easily double the number. To 1,800, say 2,000. Yeah. Now, one question that raised for me, I think you, you track 500,000 games a yeah. year. That's less than 1% that are getting fixed. Yeah. Um, 
So if it's less than 1%, is it really a problem? Yes, it's a problem because, um, first of all, corruption in itself, it's something, it's like a cancer. Yeah, and uh, of course we are not naive. Uh, manipulation in sport is as old as sport, yeah? and people always try to get an advantage. But if you don't take severe action against it, it will spread. More on that spread after the break. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. You can take this to the bank. Match fixes are going to happen. None of this surprises Declan Hill, the author of The Fix and a professor at the University of New Haven. Around the world is a graveyard of professional sports that have been utterly destroyed by match fixing. And it's been going on for a very long time. Back in the day, in Olympia, in ancient Greece, back in the 700 BC, they started to put statues outside the stadium. And these were really statues of shame because those statues were built by money taken from athletes that either cheated or fixed in the Olympics. You can still see them. You know, when you go to the ruins of the Olympia Stadium in modern day Greece, you can still see where those statues were as you walk into the stadium. Match fixing also spread to the Roman Empire's chariot racing in one of its great cities, Constantinople and the fans did not like it. They destroyed one-third of the city of Constantinople, the biggest city in the world at that time. So the most largest threat to Constantinople in their thousand-year history was when they were fixing the chariot race. That's the anger that sports fans will have. Although thousands of years have passed since then, some things haven't changed. In 2012... In Italy, soccer is king. And yet, when top professional teams were raided by police in May on suspicions of match-fixing, was anyone really surprised? 2013. Europol says it's uncovered a criminal syndicate that attempted to fix more than 380 matches, including World Cup qualifiers and Champions League games. 2016. BuzzFeed and the BBC reporting today, tennis officials have failed to deal with widespread corruption, saying at least 16 players, all ranked in the top 50, have fixed matches, losing for money. Tennis, even tennis, is a commonly fixed sport. Wimbledon and other high-profile tournaments have been scarred by investigations of match fixing. Fixers have even tried to get to the top of the sport. Superstar Novak Djokovic said fixers unsuccessfully approached him in the past. Somebody may call it an opportunity. I call it a... For me, that's, that's an act of unsportsmanship, a, a crime in sport, honestly. Soccer remains the motherload of match-fixing, though. So many matches have been fixed that I can't describe them all here. But consider this. In 2018, Albania's leading soccer team was banned from competition for a decade after being accused of intentionally losing games they were favored to win. The entire team... Officials investigating the scandal received death threats. 
A few years later, corruption also surfaced in Colombia. The soccer championship has been postponed over accusations of match-fixing, with some players receiving death threats. Reuters reports an investigation is underway while the championship final for Colombia's second division soccer league is delayed. It's not always outsiders who are rigging games. It's the teams themselves. Coaches sometimes intentionally fold, a practice known as tanking, to get a better chance at securing top draft picks the following season. For example, Brian Flores, a former Miami Dolphins coach, alleges in a lawsuit that the team's owners offered him $100,000 for each game he tanked. The Dolphins have denied the charges, but tanking allegations are hardly new. So many teams, many franchises in American professional sport have deliberately gone out to lose games so that they will get top-ranked athletes the next season. They call it the process. And I'm telling you, as an athlete, that is a huge insult. And that is a massive open door to corruption. Corruption, like match-fixing. Now, I know people get into heated debates about whether tanking counts as match-fixing, but I think there's no question that a gambler who knows a game will be tanked can have a huge payday. Regardless, unmistakable forms of match-fixing, you know, where points are shaved, where an athlete intentionally draws a foul, that kind of stuff is ubiquitous. Globalization has hit match-fixing. And so now you have this multi-billion dollar, trillion dollar sports gambling market flowing all over the world, flowing into these 60,000 sports events, single sports events a day. And whereas five years ago, 10 years ago, it wasn't worth anyone's while to fix Ugandan soccer or Kazakhstan basketball or Russian table tennis or American NCAA stuff. It is now. The NCAA? College sports? Really? If you needed to design a league that would incentivize corruption, it would be very difficult not to do better than the NCAA. I mean, they don't get paid. A few of them get their image rights. Some of them get scholarships, but those scholarships are, in most cases, instantly voided if they get injured. This is a recipe for disaster. Andreas and his sport radar investigators are familiar with these kinds of disasters because they found it's not just unpaid athletes who are vulnerable, but also underpaid athletes who are also easy marks. And it's not just the athletes. Coaches and referees are targets, too. That's actually part of Sport Radar's origin story. Before Andreas joined the company, he worked in business development for one of the big German soccer leagues. That all changed after a local, poorly paid soccer ref was caught fixing games in 2005. Out of a sudden, the scandal popped up in the media, and we, I say we from German soccer, we were caught off guard. Yeah? We didn't understand betting at all. We didn't understand match-fixing, and it was one year prior to the World Cup in Germany. So time-wise, you can imagine, worst-case scenario. When the scandal broke, everyone turned to Andreas to figure out what happened. He didn't know. So he enlisted a mathematician, an entrepreneur named Karsten Curl. What made Karsten ideal? His little company sold sports statistics and betting lines globally. Some of his clients, bookies, had spotted suspicious wagers before the scandal erupted and had stopped taking bets. That's when Karsten realized the same data he used to track betting could also track match-fixing. Andreas went to work for Karsten and built the investigative team they have now. For his part, Karsten had seen, up close, 
how fraud had turned German soccer on its head, and he told me he wanted to take on match-fixing for the same reasons Andreas did. This was pure panic. The whole league was in panic. This is an ethical thing on one side. On the other side, it's a business thing. If we are in the business of sports betting, and if people don't believe that this is a fair play and fair match, sports betting will not exist and sport will not exist. Carson's point? Trust is everything. If fans lose faith that competitions are honest, they'll lose faith in entire sports. Preventing that is what motivated Karsten. His company eventually became Sport Radar, a data-harvesting juggernaut that now boasts such high-profile investors as Michael Jordan and Mark Cuban. Other companies now offer a similar service, but Sport Radar, which has been in business longer, employs about 3,000 people, and has partnered with major sports brands, is the gold standard. Sport Radar's timing in the early 2000s was almost perfect. Tracking match-fixing was just the company's side business. Its core business, offering data to gamblers, began riding the sports betting boom sweeping across Europe, and especially the UK, at the same time. Match-fixing grew alongside that boom. Sport Radar estimates, conservatively, that match-fixers hauled in profits of about $177 million last year. Maybe bank robbers in America are in the wrong business. They only grab a fraction of that amount annually. Bank robbers, match-fixers, I've always found criminals interesting. They sow chaos and break rules. I found the people who hunt them down fascinating, too. In the best cases, they're out to restore order and fairness. I wanted to reach out to some of the good guys, but investigators in the UK wouldn't speak with me. When back at home, the FBI took my call. Sport Radar partners with them, too. When the Supreme Court deregulated sports gambling in 2018, the FBI was alarmed. So the Bureau created a new unit dedicated to unearthing corruption in sports. Aaron Omahan is an FBI analyst who tracks match-fixing. The image of what match-fixing is has sort of changed over time. The ability to bet has become much more granular insofar as you can bet if the next play in an NFL game is going to be a pass or a run. One might think, well, I'm not throwing the game, I'm only throwing a play. And that doesn't necessarily impact the final outcome of the game. She and others at the FBI think it's inevitable that more match-fixing will accompany the sports betting boom. No one thinks match-fixing will ever be wiped out. The phrase that we use is disrupt and dismantle. So you asked, are we going to eradicate match-fixing fully? What our goal is is to disrupt and dismantle the illegal criminal activity, and in this particular instance, match-fixing. Aaron, like Andreas, believes that match-fixing, left unchecked, will poison fans' relationship to sports. I do think it hits close to home because sports are sort of something that is on everyone's radar, and this is something that people care about. And that does make our job easier when you have something that people care about. And so it's on people's radar more than it ever was before. When we get back from the break, more on how to catch a thief. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. 
Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. So, Tom, where are you taking me right now? We're going out onto the shop floor, so where our intelligence analysts, our researchers, and our investigators are conducting investigations, and they're collecting information, uh, analysing that, and turn it into intelligence. And this is essentially the room where it happens? Yes. And you're going to take me, we're going to sort of sit on the shoulder of one of the analysts in real time. Exactly, yeah. Let's go have a look. We're back in the control room where the sport radar sleuths do some of their handiwork. This time, I'm walking around with a man named Tom Harding. He helps oversee intelligence gathering and investigations for Sport Radar. And he had some great stories about his own adventures investigating match fixing. We'll get to those later. But first, Tom wanted me to meet another analyst, Jennifer Mellors. She's an important link in Sport Radar's investigative team. Remember when we met Adam earlier and learned about how he looks at data to find fraud? Well, Jen goes out into cyberspace to track down the actual people behind a scam. She has a lot of questions to answer. Who benefits from an unusual bet placed during a game? Do the gamblers who won have something in common? Do they know a player, coach, or referee? Basically, how did they know how to place that winning bet? When I sat with her, Jen was tracking suspicious bets placed on a European soccer player who managed to draw an unlikely penalty. She had mapped the player's personal relationships in a handy little chart on her computer screen. So mapping out the people who place those bets and looking at the stakes that they put towards that person receiving a yellow card and then the winnings they had as a result of that. And we can see that there was um, concentration in that sort of certain area in Latin America, which coincidentally the player was also from that area. So again, it highlights that there may be a connection there. That caught Jen's attention. She started digging into each of the individual bettors and looking at their social media feeds. She was also having fun. It's just finding information where you don't know where it's going to be. So it's a bit of a, the, the hunt to find what is that connection going to be. And sometimes you're looking in one direction and you think that something might be found and you can find it in a completely random place. So it's just sort of the, the unknown and the, the, the dig and the, the hunt. In this particular hunt, Jen found pictures some of the gamblers had posted of themselves with the player's trainer and coach. The cherry on top? Some of the bettors didn't even try to hide their scheme on social media. One of the bettors posted something on social media saying, easiest money ever, until next time. So it's sort of alluding to that this is not a one-time thing. It could be potentially part of a wider match-fixing or spot-fixing group or syndicate. And clearly they're not worried about getting caught because they're joking around in a crazy photo that I yeah. won't describe further. Well, I was going to say, like, you know, why, why would they, they do this? Because they think or know that no one's looking. But lo and behold, someone's looking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tom has been around. Before coming to Sport Radar, he spent 11 years working in intelligence for the British Navy and then worked for UK law enforcement in covert policing and surveillance. He spent a lot of time investigating people who think no one's looking. While Adam cruises through lots of data and Jen cruises through cyberspace, Tom gets out of the office and he goes to the crime scene. So when you go to those matches, are you looking to spot the match fixer? Yes. Personally? Yes. And you're not worried about your own personal safety when you set off to do this? 
Um, it's, it's something we, we consider and we risk assess. We risk assess. Tom didn't seem scared of anything. He was clinical and by the books. Well, sort of. When I pushed him for some war stories, he talked about a memorable trip a couple of years back. I can't tell you where he went, but he thought a game was about to be fixed. So he hopped on a flight to another continent and made his way to a soccer stadium. In this particular instance, we were in direct communication with the bet monitoring team. And pretty early on into the match, we get an alert saying something's going on. Be on high alert, this match is likely to be fixed. Tom was already on high alert. He was watching the field. Were any players interacting with fans or people on the sidelines? Maybe they were signaling to someone else in the stadium. And Tom watched the stands. Was anyone on multiple phones instead of watching the game? They might have been monitoring betting markets. Had anyone arrived at the game unusually late or left unusually early? They might be there solely to observe the fix. In this instance, the suspicious alerts were saying that this match is fixed for a particular team to lose by three goals or more. 20 minutes into this match, it's still nil-nil. So shortly after we see this group of sort of three individuals, one stand up and interact with the goalkeeper <laughs> and signal to the goalkeeper. It's that obvious. Yeah. So he interacts with the goalkeeper. So yeah, it's basically concede some goals soon, please. Tom took lots of pictures of all of this. They'd come in handy later. And, still fearless, he even approached the suspected fixers after the game. It's just a friendly conversation, just like, hey guys, how's it going? Because you just need to hear... The accent. The accent, right? So, uh, so from that, we get a, a sort of a good indication of where they're from, right? I can't tell you what accent he had, but it's probably not what you'd expect. Someone back in Europe was watching the same game's betting lines. They sent over a photo of someone they thought might be in on the fix. It was the same guy Tom had photographed. They shared the information with several law enforcement agencies and then let them take it from there. Mission accomplished. Then the Sport Radar folks went to their local pub to celebrate. I'll confess to more than a little bit of envy for Tom and his adventures. But he's also dealing with a tough crowd behind match-fixing. Since there's so much money to be made, organized crime backs some of the biggest scams. Particularly, Sport Radar says, mobsters from Russia and Eastern Europe. Lots of fixes also get hatched in Asia, where betting limits are higher and oversight looser. So you might be wondering why we spent all this time in London. It's because everything that's happened in the gambling market there is like a teaser for what's already begun to take shape in the U.S., I asked Andreas about this when we sat down together. Do you anticipate there'll be more match-fixing in the U.S.? Yeah, because betting in the U.S. was always there, but it was underground. So the opportunities and the temptation for match-fixing was always there. But nowadays, with the opportunities for match-fixers to reach out to vulnerable or open-minded athletes and officials, referees, this is increasing. And this is part of the globalization and digitalization of our world. And it's so much easier because why? Because we are living now in a digital environment where there are no local limitations anymore. Because it's so easy and the markets are so liquid. Betting is so huge on all sports and it's increasing. 
We can start an ethical debate whether this is good or not, but prohibition in this respect will not work, because if people want to bet, they will bet. Here at Crash Course, we believe that collisions can be messy, impressive, challenging, surprising, and always instructive. In today's Crash Course, I learned that match fixing is ubiquitous, and the sports and gambling industries still don't do enough to corral it. If they're serious about cleaning things up, they'll need to be more transparent when scams blow up, and be much tougher about penalizing match fixers. Those are lessons the U.S. will have to learn, too. What did you learn? We'd love to hear from you. You can tweet at the Bloomberg Opinion handle, at Opinion, or at me, at Tim O'Brien, using the hashtag Bloomberg Crash Course. You can also subscribe to our show wherever you're listening right now and leave us a review. It helps more people find the show. This episode was produced by the indispensable Anna Mazarakis and me. Our supervising producer is Magnus Hendrickson. And we had editing help from Katie Boyce, Jed Sandberg, Jeff Grocott, Mike Nitza, Samantha Story, and Christine vanden Blake Maples does our sound engineering, and our original theme song was composed by Luis Guerra. I'm Tim O'Brien, and this has been Crash Course. Check your feed for the next episode in our gambling series about tribal casinos. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.